You know, I'm, I, I didn't always plan on being a pastor. Truth is, I wanted to be a fireman. It's like the exact opposite of being a pastor, right? I've seen fireman calendars, never a pastor calendar. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Before that, I wanted to be a surfer. Before that, a dinosaur, because I was five. But it is neat, isn't it, how God just directs our paths. God has a plan for us. He has a, a job that he's put us to do and he's got a calling for us. And so it's so exciting to fulfill it, to, to walk in what God has for me. So thank you for uh, accepting me as pastor of this church. I really do. Thank you. And, and you know what, what's something neat? I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, but I've never been part of another church. I've only came to this church. When, when I look out there, you know what I get to see? I get to see my babysitters. Isn't that cool? My, ba my Sunday school teachers, my youth group leaders, my home group pastors, and all kinds of other people that have sacrificed time and energy for my life. And I'll tell you this, that, that this day as I take over at Lead Pastor, it's neat that I get to look out and I know this, that there's no other organization that I owe more gratitude and no other people that I have more love for. So really thank you. You guys have shown so much love to me and my family. So this is an exciting day. Thank you. If I don't put this up, this timer up, I will go too long, okay? So you're welcome for me doing this, all right? Um, what I wanna do with today's message is this. I, uh, I wanna talk about, we're gonna stay in the book of Joshua 1, and I really wanna pull out four principles that God gives Joshua and that God gives us to taking the promises that God has for us. We're gonna look at this, and, and what I intend to do with this message is, uh, is two-part. I intend to take it apart, unpack it, and make a uh, um, challenge to us as a congregation, both corporately and personally. But I also, at each one of these points, am gonna make a promise to all of you guys that is a personal promise from me to you and to God as I take over as, uh, as lead pastor. You guys ready to jump into it? Um, I'm always waiting for someone to say no. <laughs> it's like a question I always ask. Uh, so we are gonna look at Joshua 1. Joshua 1, it's the story where uh, jo it's Joshua's inauguration. Moses is, has just died. He's given the torch over to Joshua. Now, before we go further in this message, there's some parallels in this story that I wanna make sure I'm not making, okay? Uh, Mark and Dave are not Moses, right? Same age, not the same person. <laughs> My dad and Dave are not Moses. I'm not Joshua, and you guys are not the Israelites. That's not the parallel that I'm making. However, everything that we're gonna read here right now, it is just as true for a pastor leading a church as it is for a father leading his family or a Christian just wanting to shine in the workplace, okay? So we are gonna take this. So Moses, in this story, Moses has just died. He has trained up Joshua for a specific purpose. 
The 40 years of wandering is now over and done. And here they are standing on the, on the opposite side of the Jordan River, the same place they stood 40 years earlier, Kadesh Barna, looking out over their promised land. Joshua knew what his assignment was. Uh, Moses had just given it to him in, in uh, Deuteronomy. We have a helicopter landing on our building. In Deuteronomy 31, in front of Joshua and all the people, he charged Joshua and he told the people that Joshua was to take them and to gain the promised land. And that is exactly where we take this up. And in the next few verses, we are going to get these four timeless truths about gaining the promised land and becoming a leader. So I'm gonna uh, start Joshua 1 verse six. Now you're gonna see the same words pop up four different times, the words strong and courageous. Every time they pop up, I want you guys to say the words. Sound good? So we're gonna get started. Joshua 1 verse six, let's have it up there. Be for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your ways prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Be do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now we move to 17 and now it's not God talking to Joshua. Now it's the Israelites talking to Joshua and the Israelites say, just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words in all that you command shall be put to death only what? Now, this is interesting. All within that first chapter, all within Joshua taking over uh, as leader of the Israelites, God tells him four times to be strong and courageous. Kind of feels like nagging, right? I mean, what if God told you to be strong and courageous four different times? You would automatically feel like you were weak and timid, right? That you got things to change. Why does God say the same thing to Joshua four different times? Well, as you look at each one of these times that God says those two words to Joshua, you see that he says it in a specific way and for a specific manner, manner and for a specific purpose. So that is going to be the four things we're gonna look at. At each one of these things, I'm gonna make us a challenge and then make you a promise. You guys ready to look at the first thing? Good, no one said, oh, someone did say no. <laughs> It's funny when you ask questions that are rhetorical, you know what I mean? Or, you, or people are gonna say something and you worry they're gonna say no. Okay, ready. Joshua 1, verse six. It's the first of all the be strong and courageous. It says this, be strong and courageous for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. This was a very specifically placed strength and courage. What, what God was saying to Joshua is this, and what he says to us is this, that strength and courage are necessary to gain the promises of God. Strength and courage is necessary to, uh, to gain the promises of God. 
Listen, they had a job to do. The promised land was not gonna hand itself over, was it? And this is an interesting change in the life of the Israelites because up into this point, remember, God kind of did everything on his own. Uh, water from a rock, they didn't do that. The Israelites had nothing to do with it. What about the 10 plagues that freed them from Egypt? The Israelites had nothing to do with it. God moved supernaturally, automatically. The manna, remember the manna, the quail that came through, the parting of the Red Sea. Up into this point, God just kind of took care of everything. But it was this moment where God is saying to Joshua, I'm giving your future into your hands. So with strength and courage, go take the promised land. Go take the promises that I have given you. You know, the same is true for us today, isn't it? A lot of people, they live their Christian life just trying not to do bad things. As long as I don't get involved in bad things, all the promises of God are gonna come inside of my life. As long as I don't turn to these other ways that I'm gonna live inside the promises of God. Too many people treat God like the fairy godmother. What does a fairy godmother come and do? She comes into a situation, bippity-boppity-boo, and she magically fixes everything. But the problem is that is not how God works. And when you believe that all you have to do is not do bad things, and then all the promises of God are gonna come on you, when things don't magically change, we become embittered and angry and don't understand why God won't work in that way. And why do we do that? because we falsely believe that the promises of God are automatic. Now, there are some promises of God that are automatic. There's many, okay? Uh, do I have to work for God's love? No, it's an automatic thing that comes to me. He says, I will never leave you or forsake you. There are automatic promises. There's nothing I do. God's love will always be there for me. But most of the promises of, um, uh, for God in the Bible are conditional promises. They're conditional upon our involvement in the process, in that promise. In fact, if you go to Google and you type in conditional promises of God, you will get an incredibly long list or the if-thens of the Bible, this incredibly long list. Most of God's promises involve our, um, our necessitate our involvement. And that's what God is telling to Joshua. I want to read a couple real quick just to prove this point. Joshua 8, verse 31. This is a scripture that many of us know, maybe we've even memorized. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed him, if you continue, many other translations say abide. If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now, how many of you guys have used that scripture before? You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Well, here's the problem with it. It's a conditional promise. Knowing the truth does not mean that you are gonna experience the freedom of God, does it? It's just knowledge. What do you have to do? We have to have our involvement. We must, where is that scripture? Abide First, we need to abide in God and his word, and then that truth will set you free. It is conditional upon our involvement. Here's another one. Uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14, I love this. We've quoted this many times over the, over the years at Foothills. If, say if. if. It's important. If 
My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins and I will hear their land. How many of you guys want your land healed? Right, exactly. But the healing of our land comes with the condition of our involvement. What must we do? Well, we must first humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways. It says it right there. The promises of God, they necessitate our involvement. We have a job to do in gaining the promises of God. Let me tell you right now, there is way more to our Christianity than simply not doing wrong things. Do you guys know that? There is way more to living for God and the promises that will come down than just not doing bad things. God calls us to stand up and fight for righteous things. It is true. We need to stand up and fight for righteous things and claim the promises of God in our families, in our workplaces, and in the city that God has placed us. You know, all around us, when we look around, the truth is we see a lot of chaos, don't we? And maybe chaos we didn't see a decade ago, but we're seeing it all over. Our schools, our public schools have become dens of violence and immorality and gender confusion. Our Congress and state legislations have, have become corrupt. How many of you guys are excited about your Congress right now? They become, there's problems, right? Um, all around us, we see the breakdown of godly principles that once governed America. We see everything is falling. And I'm gonna tell you right now, it simply will not do for God's people to sit around wringing our hands when God has given us the land. Do you know what I'm saying right now? We have something to do. God has placed us here not to worry, but to war. That's the truth of our nature. That's what he's telling Joshua, not to be conquered, but to overcome, not to be irrelevant, but to be the very salt of the earth and the light of the world that God has positioned us to be. Listen, like Joshua, our job is not to sit and watch, but to stand and fight. All of us have a decision that we will make how important are the promises of God to you personally and how important are the promises to God for us corporately? I'm gonna ask you this question. Are you, I told you I was gonna give you a challenge and make a promise, are you willing to do whatever God calls you to do to see the promises of God move in and around your life? That is something we have to answer and I wanna make you a promise right now. I'm making a promise before you and before God on this day that I take over. I will not sit around and hope for things to get better. This church under my dad and Dave has always pushed forward in the things of God. And though they have not looked for fights, they have not sat down when the challenges and the threats of the enemy have come. I know, right? And I want you to know this day that me, Mike, the staff, that we stand before, that I stand before you promising that we will continue with the calling that God has placed over foothills and we will not cower. I promise you that. Yeah, thank you, God, right? It's important that you hear the promises from me because you guys know how I, you guys have heard me preach. You guys have seen me lead. You know me and my family. Some of you guys babysat me, right? You know me too well. 
But the truth is you've never seen me lead the ship and I want you to always know where I stand. You guys ready to go to the next one? The next strength and courage that God gives to Joshua and it's this, it says uh, verses seven and eight. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which my, Mo which my servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be, you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. What God was saying to Joshua is this, and what he says to us today is this, that strength, courage, and commitment to the scripture brings about success. Full commitment, not just knowing, not just hearing, not just being around it, full commitment to the scripture brings about success. I wanna um, tell you a story about my wife committing to this thing. It was great. Um, and she knows I'm gonna say it, so don't judge me. I already asked her. We were at, uh, this was during the days, uh, the early days of my son Ryden. We were in the NICU for a really long time. And, um, and you kind of live inside the NICU there. And they, they moved us into this other room. It's usually a big floor. And, and they put their worst cases of, of things going on in this other room. So we were in this room all alone. And uh, you weren't supposed to eat food in the NICU, but, well, we did, okay? Let's be real. <laughs> You live there, you're there nonstop. And, and I remember I'm sitting on the chair and um, my wife's on this other chair and she grabs this plum out of her bag. Now this plum was so juicy, it had stretch marks on the skin, okay? You guys know what I'm talking about. It's like that plum that don't touch it, it's gonna burst. So my wife grabs this plum out and I'm looking at her and she takes a bite into the plum. In this little uh, you know, hospital room where we're not supposed to have food. And what do you think immediately happened? all of the juice just flooded into her mouth and the seals around uh, her lips and the plum were a little bit leaky and there was some plum juice that was about to come out. And so my wife at this point, half committed to this plum, is trying to decide in her mind, what is she gonna do? Is she just gonna let, it, let some of it drip out and take the loss or fully commit? <laughs> my wife's not a quitter, I'll tell you that. And my wife, she doesn't know I'm looking at her. She looks at the door to make sure no nurses see her. And then she opens her mouth. I mean, detaches her jaw like a snake and just lofts this whole thing because she's trying to, she's not trying, she's making sure there's no evidence. And she's sitting here with this entire uh, plum in her mouth. And then she slowly turns, remembering I'm in the room and looks right at me. Now I have two choices right now. One choice is I look away I don't engage it. I let her figure it out. I mean, I don't know what she was gonna do in that moment, but I let her figure it out. Choice number two is I start laughing really loud, making sure that no dribbles come out, but instead a spray goes over the entire uh, hospital room. And I'll tell you this, they're still cleaning up that plum, okay? <laughs> How committed, listen, how committed, my question to you, how committed are you to scripture? Most of us know scripture, we read scripture, but God tells Joshua, do not turn to the right or to the left. Do uh, meditate on it, commit yourself to it, or as Pastor Dave says, 
full tilt boogie it, right? You know, some people though, still, they read this passage and, and they, they must think that it says, be committed to God's word unless it's contrary to cultural opinion, unless it's offensive to anyone or anything, unless it uses pronouns that actually make sense. It's interesting how people are not committed to the very words of God. In fact, we live in a culture, you know, the, the, God's word is very strong. It makes moral absolutes, but we live in a culture where you're not allowed to offend anything, don't we? In fact, Franklin Graham says this. He says, one of the most sinister and menacing threats to our society today lurks under the lethal guise of two small initials, PC. It's infected our schools, our government, our universities, our marketplace, and it's been infiltrating our church. This PC idea, it leaves no room for moral absolutes or the authoritative truth of scripture. And sadly, in many churches, in many seats across America, people find themselves more committed to the culturally approved norms than they do to the actual word of God. And why is this? Because how many of you guys know it is really hard to stand against a culture that you have to live in? It's true, isn't it? But we have to make the choice. We have to make the decision. Who or what is going to rule our lives? The swings of the culture or the authoritative truth inside of scripture. We have to ask ourselves, what will we do when the swinging tides of culture start to move us away from what the truth of the Bible says? These are, we have to understand, this has not just been coming, it's gonna only get worse. God tells Joshua, don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. If you want success, be fully, utterly committed. Don't move away from God's word. Don't try to twist scripture to make it what you want. Listen, I'm gonna tell you right now, if I want something to be true, but the Bible calls it to be untrue, there's no way that I would ever take scripture and try to fit it to my wants. The only thing that we can do is make our wants and our desires and our understandings of right and wrong fit what the Bible says. Yeah, right? Our world, listen, our world is violently opposed to the word of God. You know that, right? It, it is, there is this great shift taking place across America and it's been taking place where the world is now calling, absolutely, uh, 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 totally invested in calling things that are wrong, right. They parade around things that are evil as righteous. They, they take moral problems and they make it, they make them heroic. They have switched everything. The question that I wanna ask you is where does the significance of the word of God stand inside of your life? Will you, can you be swayed by the culture? That's the question that I wanna ask you. And here's the promise that I wanna make you. 
told you I wanna make you four promises as I take over as lead pastor so you will always know where I stand. Sola Scriptura. I believe, oh man, Jesus. As Mark and Dave has stood on the power of this word, that this is authoritative truth of scripture, that it cannot be changed or twisted to fit our ideas or wants That is exactly where I stand. Scripture is my promise. Scripture alone will guide this church and the cultural winds will never hit the sails of Foothills Christian Church. I ask you to think, will you be swayed or will you stand strong with us? Okay, let's get to the next one. Hopefully I won't cry. Joshua 1.9 says this, it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Why? In what way? Do not tremble or be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you everywhere you go. Why were we to be strong and courageous? What was God telling Joshua and us this morning? He was saying, be strong and courageous knowing that God stands behind you. That's an easy thing to forget in life, isn't it? We can let all of life's problems or issues become so big inside of us. But remember, it is God who stands behind you and goes before you. Do you know that? And when we believe that or remember it and know it, strength and courage fills up inside of us. Now, remember that 40 years before Joshua 1, the Israelites were on the edge of the Jordan. This is their second time there, Kadesh Barna, Numbers 13. They stood there on the edge of the promised land looking out, and Moses sends out 12 spies. 10 of them come back with a bad report saying the warriors are too fierce. The armies are too big, we'll never make it. And the Bible says that fear entered into the hearts of the Israelites. They melted away before the nations in front of them and it cost them dearly, didn't it? It not only cost them the promised land, it cost them their very lives. Every single one from that generation passed away during the next 40 years. Now let's, let's move forward to Joshua 1, where God is giving these um, uh, calls to be strong and courageous. In Joshua 1, right after this, Joshua sends out two spies to Jericho. It's the first place that they're going to spy out and take. They're not asking if. He just says, show us where to take it. And as these two spies come into Jericho, they meet an um, inhabitant of Jericho, a Canaanite woman named Rahab. And Rahab sees the situation clear. I want to read to you what Rahab says. A Canaanite woman whose home is Jericho. She says this. Let's go. We're going to read uh, verses 9, 11, and 24 of Joshua 2. And Rahab said to the men, I know that the Lord has given you the land and that the terror of you has fallen on us. Who's afraid now? Listen to that, who's afraid now before the Israelites took on fear, but when they stood in the courage and the strength that God goes before them, the fear was transferred and all the inhabitants of the land have melted away before you. Now, verse 11, and when we, the Canaanites, the the Jericanites, when we heard it, our hearts melted and no courage remained in any man any longer because of you. For the Lord, your God, he is God in heaven above and on 
earth below. Isn't it incredible to hear what happens when we stand up in strength and courage? Listen, when we stand up knowing that God is not only behind us, but goes before us, the enemy and his plans will eventually melt away. Do you know that? Do you believe that? That is what he's telling Joshua, verse 24. And then the spies come back to Joshua and they say, surely, what a difference here. Surely the Lord has given all of the land into our hands. Moreover, all of the inhabitants of the land have melted away before us. Before us, What a difference that is. It was boldness um, that gave them that courage. It was the boldness that God goes before them. Strength and courage comes upon us when we remember that if he is for us, who or what can be against us? It's true. When God stands, it, when, we, when God's people stand in the strength and courage of knowing that God goes before them, the enemy and his plans, they, they, they will eventually fail. You know that. Do you know that God has already won this war? We're just playing it out. It's already done. The, the, the game has been played. The question is never on God's part, is it? The question's always on our part. What will we do? This is the question I have for you. What will we do when the enemy comes against us? What will we do personally? What will we do corporately? What will we do if the government comes to shut us down again? What will happen if the state of California comes to force our Christian schools to, treat, to, to um, teach this gender-confused curriculum? What will we do? What will we do if people pick it outside of our church, vandalize our building? What will we do when they slander us on social media? media what will you do? This is the question we have to ask. Will we sit down and go quietly along with our day or will we stand and fight? Yeah. I want to say something about Mark and Dave. You know, the truth about my dad and Dave is that they have made it a point to stand and fight. They've never went out looking for fights, have they? But when the challenge came, they always stood up knowing that God goes before them. And I want to promise to you today, this is my commitment between you and God, that I will not back down from what, the God, from what God calls us to stand and fight. And I will not be intimidated by the workings of the enemy because for he who is for us, who can be against us? It's not in me, the same blood. The same blood that's in Mark and Dave. I mean, I, okay, also, I'm talking spiritually, but also physically, I guess. The same blood runs through me and Mike and the rest of the staff. Yeah. All right. The last one that we have, you guys, it's found in Joshua 1, verses 16 and 18. I got one more challenge to you, one more promise from me. This is what it says. Now, this is a change. It's no longer God saying this to Joshua. Now it's the people saying this to Joshua, and that's important. And they answered, the Israelites answered Joshua saying, all that you have commanded us to do and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words in all that you command shall, uh, him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous 
Listen to this. You guys know that others are looking for those who are strong and courageous. You know that? Others are looking for those who are gonna stand up for what is right, who are gonna stand up in the face of adversity challenge and stand up and say, this is right, this is wrong. It's an exciting thing and it draws other people in. How often have you personally been encouraged when something was going on, when you, you were personally encouraged by someone else's courage, something was going on, maybe on social media, and, and, and it's a great place to just find uh, wrongs being paraded as rights, isn't it? And, and all of this was going on, and then that one person stood up and spoke some truth in that moment on that thread. How encouraged were you? When we stand up in strength and courage, it is attractive to other people. I'm reminded many times of this happening, but, but one of them, I was at uh, Grossmont Community College, Harvard on a Hill, right? And that's what I put in my application when I got this job, Harvard on a Hill. I was at Grossmont Community College, and there was this uh, oceanography professor. We were in the class, and, and he um, all of a sudden, he's talking about tectonic plates. And then he moves off tectonic plates. He says, this is just why we know that evolution is real and that the earth is just millions upon millions of years old because it takes millions and millions and millions of these years for these tectonic plates to move out, slam into each other, and eventually make land. And he's like, and obviously look at the stars out in the sky. It takes millions of light years for that light from that star to hit earth. It's so clear that, that there is not a creator that this place has evolved. And, and, and I started feeling my heart fluttering. I knew I had to say something. And, and so I raised my hand and I said, sir, you're making a great assumption that God made a brand new earth. What's to say he didn't make a, an earth that is already aged with tectonic plates that have already moved into land and stars that have already been shining on earth? And, he's, and then he says this. He's like, well, okay, okay let's just keep it to oceanography. <laughs> Azal, then stop trying to tell us where life came from. Listen, after that class, People are drawn to others who are gonna stand courageous. People after that class came up to me. I don't even know these people, right? When you're in class, you don't like go and hang out with everybody. They came up after me and thanked me. About five of them, I think it was five of them, came up and thanked me for saying something because people are looking for those who will stand up. In fact, a lot of us are at this church because of the strength my dad and of Dave, aren't we? Because they've stood strong time after time and it's drawn us in and we wanna be around them and we want to, uh, to be under their pastoral care. In fact, many of us find ourselves at this church over the last couple of years because of that. Because in 2020, the church got shut down and they wanted to keep it shut down. Oh, let me tell you, pot shops were allowed to open. Strip clubs, essential. <laughs> Liquor stores, casinos, but the church shut, was, had to stay shut down. What did Mark and Dave do? They stopped listening to Governor Newsom and they started focusing on what God has called. And that has just been the way that they always have worked. 
And many of us are here because we were looking for a pastor that would not be bullied. And you found this church. You were drawn in by the strength and courage of someone else. So here's my question to us. Are you willing to be the strength and courage to stand up inside your neighborhood, that light, that salt in your neighborhood or your workplace? Because I promise you, people in your neighborhood and workplace are looking for people that would be like that. It's their nature to be drawn into that or maybe in your college classrooms, or in your families, or wherever you are. The question is, will you be, will you stand to be light and salt with strength and courage? Can I make you my promise? I promise you this right now, that Foothills will always be a big beacon of God's light to this community around us, and we will not cower down. Let's get the band up here right now. Let's, let's go ahead and stand up right now. I made, I made, I made four promises and, and I've been working on this message mentally for a long time because I want all of you to know where I always stand and where Mike always stands and where the rest of this staff always stands. If you ever wonder Remember these four promises that I make this church today, okay?